the content calendar is almost like my Bible because like, you know, without your content calendar, you'll be left like scrambling every day trying to come up with content or even worse, like you won't even have content, right? And you're just like a ghost account on social media. And that's what you don't want to be. If you have that content calendar and if you spend just a few hours a day, like batching some of that content, creating a lot of that content for at least like two weeks, it'll make your life so much easier. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I ld.tv. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Lizzie Chen. Lizzie is the assistant director of digital media at Moody College and has been there for five years. She started as their social media manager and now oversees all the digital storytelling and social media. Before that, she worked in nonprofits uh, and the newsroom. She is also a graduate of Moody College with her master's in journalism. Uh, today, we have Lizzie here to talk to us about the five C's to running a social media campaign with limited resources. That's the general topic. I don't know if that's the official title, <laughs> but uh, but but that's what we're talking about today. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me, John. Absolutely. So introduce yourself. Uh, tell us tell us a little about your creative background, because I know you're also a pretty accomplished photographer and uh, content creator yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've um, been at Moody for five years now. Like, like you mentioned, I started off with, as their social media manager and I grew into like leading the digital storytelling efforts, which includes like video storytelling, creating all our, you know, B-roll, bank, photos, photography, and, you know, visuals for our web stories online as, um, as well. And I also, I, I do a lot like outside of work too. So I also freelance, I'm a freelance photographer. I've, you know, been on, you know, published through like numerous like media outlets. And I also teach photography at our local community college here. And so, yeah, really, I just have like, I love like creativity and content creation. Like, um, and so I don't know what I would do without like creating content. That's awesome. What what kind of photos do you find yourself taking? Like what do, what do people hire you for mostly? So I I love film photography. So definitely it, it's weird because like when I first started off in photography, it was like a huge like people were pushing for digital and I did a lot of digital photography. But now there's this, you know, revival for film photography. So I actually have like, you know, major outlets still hiring me because of like they love my film photography and they're like this is the vibe we're going for so like 
and to actually pay for like you know film and processing fee which is awesome because it's very expensive um, very expensive and, yeah yeah and and just like all my personal projects like you know shoot them all on film uh i'm a huge you know fan of kodak so definitely shop them <laughs> out too <laughs> we, we need to revive kodak a little bit yes i saw they were kind of making a little bit of a comeback i can't remember yeah, what i saw and, but it was um, something yeah and so they you know totally like went bankrupted uh like i think a decade ago and but now there's this huge revival because of like social media and, and that's what a credit like to this revival of film and love for film is like gen z they've started you know taking photos on film and sharing it on social media and and that's definitely something you know we use here at moody like i'll have like students go out with like a disposable film camera and i'll get that developed we'll get it up on social and like people love it because you know i think students are looking for that like uh like it, it's more like authentic it's real yeah so yeah. It's it's uh, the thing about film photography that I can't wrap my head around is not being able to see what I just took a picture of. <laughs> I love that. That's one thing because like for me, I think it makes you a stronger like um, photographer because then you're you know like you know when we're all shooting digital, you're just like clicking away sometimes. Like I do it all the time. I'm just like I'm like why did I spend like thirty minutes like shooting like a thousand photos right whereas yeah. film you've got like either like 36 exposures or 12 exposures and so it really forces you to like think about the image you're creating and you know composing like that scene that's in front of you yeah really picking your moment mm -hmm. so tell me okay tell me what's something that people would be surprised to know about you maybe on a personal level Personal level, yeah. So I think it's I'm a huge fan of King of the Hill. It's and what people don't know is that like I fall asleep every night to King of the Hill. Like it's literally like my sound machine. The only <laughs> way I can fall asleep is listening to Hank Hill's like voice, like as a lullaby. Um, and so, so th that's why I, I own all the episodes and and every night, like right before I go to bed, I'll turn on an episode and like. Next thing I know, I'm like knocked out. Yeah, you know? so <laughs> I'll I'll make it like halfway through an episode, and and then and now I'll go back to the next thing and, and you know rewatch that episode. But a huge King of the Hill fan. Wow, I, I I got on a King of the Hill spree for a while. It's been a long time since I watched it, but it is a very funny show. Yeah, and they're gonna have a reboot. So like, I know there's been this huge like revival, even for a lot of our students. You know, at UT they've been rewatching King of the Hill too. To get ready for that that reboot. That's awesome. Up. That's cool. Do you sneak a lot of like uh, Hank Hill uh, memes into Moody's content? <laughs> I don't, but I should. Yeah, <laughs> I do that on my own personal account. I'm always like looking like, oh, this, this will be so great for for yeah for for social. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so we're talking about the five C's to running a social media campaign with limited resources. So. I got to ask first, like, tell me about your background, maybe with making things with limited resources. It could be photography with limited resources, video mm -hmm. or managing a social campaign with limited resources. What's what's kind of been your personal experience with that? Yeah. So, you know, working like previously, like working in like various like newsrooms or as a journalist and even in social uh, and nonprofits like 
those are two like industries where there are like very limited resources, right? And so I've had to think like more creatively about how I can like maximize my my resource or my budget or even my time because like in many of these roles you're wearing multiple hats, right? And same with like higher ed, like we all could use like 10 more people on a team. Mm-hmm. And so, so my role, like I, it's, it's all about like planning and, and really like being extremely organized and like how I plan my day and making sure that like every time is like used like to the max yeah. and in a beneficial way. And so I've, and, and I think that's helped me like be more creative about like the type of content we're creating and also and making sure that we have content all the time, even with a very small team, we have content, you know, every day. And, and that's because of like, you know, lots of planning in advance. Yes. Which we will get to. I mean, content every day is the Holy grail. (laughs) Okay. So we won't give away what the five C's are, but the first C uh, according to you, is community building both offline and online. So uh, just tell me about that. How, how do those two bridges of community building connect on like a practical level in a social media campaign? Yeah, so for me, like, obviously, as a social media manager, like, we all know that like, social media plays an important role in like everyone's lives today, right? I mean, we probably all spend way too much time on social media. I mean, even just last summer, was it May or June? Like, I think the United States, you know, you know, surgeon, he issued like a 19 page document talking about the effects of like social media on teenagers, on young people, and how it impacts their mental health. And as a social media manager, you know, creating content for that population, I'm constantly worried, like, how am I playing a role under Mm -hmm. mental health? You know, like, this is, you know, you know, or how can I bring more joy to their middle, their, their lives? Like, how can I create this community? Like, how build a community, you know, for them? And so that's why it's important for me to build a community online, but also offline too. And I'll talk more about the offline part later. But at Moody, you know, one of our core values is community building. So I wanted to, you know, implement that into my social media strategy. And so by really being inclusive and giving all students an opportunity to be featured on social media, and I'm talking about your everyday student who doesn't have her 4.0 GPA, but Mm -hmm. who's still doing great stuff, you know, who's using our skills at her cool internships or at a business that they started. And we also want to include not just our faculty, but also our staff who are often not seen, you know in public and also using social media as a resource, not only for like news announcements and events, but also providing resources such as like mental health or like scholarships, financial aid for our students. And also have a background in like journalism and nonprofits, like I mentioned. So like community engagement is something that I really value and enjoy. So I love bringing people together. And that was something you know, after reading that report from like the U.S. general surgeon, I was thinking like, how can we create like more like, you know, like make social media this positive tool in our lives. And 
And so this semester, I started to do more like using social media to bring people together in person. And um, so, for example, at, at the beginning of the semester, we had um, we invited students to come make bracelets up friendship bracelets, you know, with our um, social media team. And, um, and that was really because I was inspired by Taylor Swift's, um, you know, her tours this summer, and also um, all of the friendship bracelets that her fans were like making and trading with each other. And I thought I could bring that vibe to Moody and, and it did really well. At first I was like nervous, like, Oh, are people going to come and make bracelets with us? And <laughs> people actually came and we had like so many students at our table and it was just so like magical for me to see like students like have conversations like in real life, you know, because oftentimes as a social media manager, you're communicating with them online or do a DM, do comments. And yeah. so it was nice to like meet a lot of our students in person and and really for them to like have like these conversations with each other that weren't forced. You know, like they found out they were from like the same hometown from like the same states or they're in you know the same classes together so it was just something fun to do that got people like from behind the screens and that's just one example of like building that community like you know online first but bringing that into like real life that's cool i mean a surefire way to get people together is uh taylor swift angle <laughs> did you and go i'm actually not even a taylor swift fan like i don't know many of her songs but like i just spend like way too much time on the internet and like trying to like find like okay what are people liking like what's popular and um, yeah so... it's interesting it's like we're in the beatles era of like people freaking out over the beatles that's like taylor yes, swift right yes, now it really is like taylor swift and beyonce you know or... beyonce uh yeah, yeah like the 80s was probably Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. What would be the 90s? Spice Girls, maybe. I don't even think oh, yeah, Spice Girls. I don't even Backstreet know. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Obviously. Backstreet Boys in sync. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're living in a moment of history here. My daughter is a huge fan of Taylor Swift, like loves her. I, I like Taylor's music. I, I actually I actually am a closet, like old school Taylor Swift fan. Like I like her uh-huh. country country stuff a lot. Better. Oh yeah, yeah. I do <laughs> like her, her her country stuff too. Like, um, yeah. And so because of like how like popular she's been, I mean she's always been popular, but I feel like lately there's been like this push for her like, you know, her music. You know, I went back and listened to some of her music, and I was like, wow, uh, you know, this is actually pretty good. And I'm like secretly in my car, like, you know, blasting Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then, and then when like someone wrote next to my car, I'm like, oh, I got wrote my windows. <laughs> it's cool to like Taylor Swift now. It, it didn't used yes. to be cool. <laughs> Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So next C would be creative content and jumping on trends. So. Tell me about your team's approach to content uh, and like why why are trends important to your workflow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, you know, definitely like creating original content is so important. Like, I mean, part of my job as a social media manager is to really elevate like Moody College brand to like either attract and retain like our diverse talents and also increase awareness for the college. Right. So it's been re- very rewarding to work with our team on like creating original content. And with my video 
and photography background and storytelling, you know, uh, you know, like making reels and like short videos, like came natural to me. And so I think the value of like original content is like priceless because, you know, like you can have like an account with a lot of followers, but if you don't have like engaging content or, you know, original content, you're not going to like stand out among like your industry. And so, you know, I always tell people, you know, try and stay away from Canva. Like that's always mm -hmm. my tip, you know, cause everyone else is using Canva. So when you're browsing social media, you'll start to see like this, that same template, mm -hmm. just with different fonts or different colors. Right. And yeah. so for me, like, you know, we, we try and create everything like in Photoshop, InDesign or Illustrator so that we're ensuring that our content is unique and original. And I also rely a lot on our interns. And now we have a full-time social media and digital content coordinator who is super talented. She's uh, a, an illustrator. So we'll have her illustrate a lot of stuff so that it's content that no one else can like duplicate anywhere else. And another tip is for me, like having authentic content is important so like remembering that we're not creating content for ourselves. like i'm not creating content for me like i'm not the audience right so like so like you know instead of like posting like a headshot of a professor or you know or a headshot of a student like instead i'll ask that professor like hey send me a photo that your partner took of you on your on the iphone like at a park and Seeing yeah. that photo, it does so much, you know, it performs so much better than that headshot that people normally post because you have, to, you have to put yourself in that student's mind. Like they're often browsing, you know, their feed late at night. And and if they see that headshot, they're going to think like, oh, this is branded content. It's coming from the college. But whereas if they see like that professor in a park, like on an iPhone photo, they're like, oh, hey, cool. This is, you know. This is more relevant, right? So that's another one of my tips is we, you know, we always try and like post informal photos or we'll go after it and take the photo. I mean, I'm a photographer, but I'll still take that photo on the iPhone. Yeah. And really, yeah, just, and then as far as like trends, like I rely a lot on our student interns and other staff member to like bring those like trending audios to me because like since i became a mom like the algorithm has totally changed like now i'm seeing all toddler in my feed so like it's really like having conversations with people like you know you know tapping into like students or your student interns or even like family members like and asking like what are the trends and like and, you know, it's my job to make sure like, okay, how is this trend appropriate? Like, how can we like capitalize on this trend to make sure that we're still meeting like our the goals of the college, right? And, you know, sometimes I'll even log into like, you can log into your accounts um, and then and see like what's, you know, showing up on the For You page or, or yeah, what's, you know, being fed into your algorithm. That's a good point the, with the algorithm is that it's easy to... I mean, it, what's trending could very much just be what's in your algorithm. Like in my, in my TikTok algorithm, I get all the, like, my husband's an idiot kind of things oh, yes. <laughs> kind of posts. Cause like, 
uh like oh i told my husband to do this and he forgot or whatever you know and i because i i share those with my wife all the time (laughs) and so it thinks it thinks like i'm the 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 audience for that i think they're hilarious but but that's not necessarily what's trending it's true yeah because because you know and and it's it's really targeted at you as a user because like Sometimes I'll see like the same audio over and over and I'll share it with some of the other staff and they're like, I've never seen this trend because like, Mm-mm. you know, everyone would have different trends. So just remembering that what what's trending for you may not be trending for like your audience. Yeah, what's a good so I'll tell you what, what I've learned about trends and you can tell me anything on top of this, but like being able to like identify a trend by if you see something that you've maybe seen multiple times clicking on that well at least on tiktok there's you click on like the button in the bottom right where it's like see where see other people that have posted this Mm -hmm. content and like see how many people are are using that if there's like 10,000 20 100,000 you're gonna get lost in the mix but the the advice that i've heard is like if it's like 500 600 like that's a sweet spot to like jump on that trend yeah. So, so for me, like, like we'll, we'll look at trending audios in two way. Like if it's one that's, you know, got like millions of like uses, you know, definitely we'll jump on that trend. Cause I think sometimes like the higher number, like it's still like relevant enough to where if you share it, like, you know, someone will watch that and your audience will your will audience know that one. We'll will, will know that one. But yeah, like sometimes if, the, like if it's like a few thousands like that's also for me a good time to jump on that trend so that you're not lost in in like the mix because like yeah for me when i'm looking at you know audios i like to click on what other users are looking at this and now kind of like scroll through like okay like this is how they're using this trend um, but for us like at moody like because we're in the higher ed sphere like i'm always like looking at trends and memes and making sure that and, and just knowing that not all trends are appropriate because, you know, you don't want to stereotype people. You don't want to like make people feel uncomfortable. You know, what's funny for the general masses may not be funny and, and higher ed. Right. And so, but, but we will use trends to like in humor to like remind people about deadlines or my students about like resources that are, are available or using it to like highlight our like, you know, directors and chairs who are often not seen, you know, on social media. And, and, you know, by having them do like something silly, like, or showing off their outfits or, you know, a dance, like it also humanizes our college leadership and, and, you know, they're not seen as like, oh, there's, you know, someone who sits up on, yeah. you know, not unapproachable floor, you know and so so really like humanizes them and and that allows the students to to connect more to to our college leadership yeah and i think with uh, on the the topic of trends there's there's one like thing that i notice is it's a really fine line between being a ori- because you talked about creating original content that people aren't copying mm-hmm. uh, it's a fine line between being original uh, and being appropriate and being relevant to your students and also, uh, and also, you know, creating stuff that's just played out. Cause it's easy to just copy the trend and do exactly mm-hmm. what everyone else is doing with that. What I appreciate in my feed is like, you know, there's a trending sound or something, but someone has a new take on it to some yes, new, new take on it. Yes. this new thing in life. That's funny that you did. That's relatable that I didn't think of, but what drives me nuts is like, 
you know, I get a lot of like moms with the kid, their kids kind of trends mm -hmm. and like, they're all, they all do the same dance the yes. same way or yes. the, or some funny audio and they just do it. They just do it the exact same way everyone else. And I'm flipping through. I'm like, okay, you can do it too. Okay. Got it. Yes. Bye. Uh -huh. And that drives me nuts. So I, that's, that's, that's yeah, what that I drives think. me crazy too. And so like, <laughs> so we're always trying to like, okay, like let's not copy exactly what you're doing, but like, let's have our own like take on it. And then, yeah, even for me, like, like, like how, how can we make something different, but using that, that trend so that, you know, you kind of make that user like stop, you know, and like, yeah. watch and not just be like, Oh, it's another, you know, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. But, but again, really like tying it all back to like Moody college and yeah. And, and what we're here for. So then there, you run the risk too, with the trends, I think of, of trying to chime in on a trend and, and coming across like really out of touch or like, yes, God forbid cringe, you know, like a brand's coming in here and trying to do this cool thing that the kids are doing. And it just does not land. Like how, how does, how do you guys at Moody kind of, when you're thinking through trends, think about how can we appropriately tie this back to the brand? Yeah. So, I mean, like we don't jump on, on all trends. Cause again, like I'm always like worried, like, okay, we don't want to like stereotype people. We don't want to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable or, you know, sometimes a lot of these trending audios, like, you know, they're, you know, um, you know, you, you don't want to poke fun at like, um, right. you know, a certain group or, um, and so we'll always, uh, make sure like, okay, like how can we use this to like, um, you know, elevate our brand or help amplify, you know, people at the college or use it as a resource. And so a lot of times, like, you know, our interns will, will bring me training audios and, and then I'll kind of sit through and, okay, be like, okay, is this appropriate? Like, mm -hmm. are we, you know, we, we don't want to be seen as like, uh, too silly or, or it's like cringy. And so, <laughs> so that's why like, and oft oftentimes like we'll and like anything that we do with our faculty now, like they it always performs really well because I think students like seeing their their professors and like college leadership online and, and seeing that they are interacting like in like, you know, in the community. Yeah, it's like seeing your like your church pastor in jeans or something. <laughs> yes. Or, or like, I mean, growing up, like I remember like seeing like my teacher, you know, your elementary school teacher, like at their grocery store, you're like, yeah. what? They, they eat <laughs> groceries too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran into my principal once at uh, CVS with my mom. And then there was just an awkward interaction because <laughs> it was just like, you're not used to, you're not used to that level of authority in like, you know, oh, yes. down at a CVS. <laughs> Quick break here to tell you about how you can scale up your student and alumni success stories without taking on a bunch of extra work to manage with our video storytelling subscriptions. Look, making even one video takes a lot of legwork. There's lots of steps to go through to hire a video vendor, herd all the cats, and then you usually get one video out of that. 
But what if you could do a similar amount of work, uh, but this time get a year's worth of storytelling content that you can use across the board to highlight your various programs where pretty much all you had to do was find the stories and hand them off. And even that will help you with. Well, at Unveiled, our aim is to take the friction out of telling great stories. So whether you're a big school or a small liberal arts college, you can tell compelling stories all year round and fill your content calendar with video content. And we can get this done for you virtually anywhere in the world, certainly anywhere in the US. The way it works is we're gonna batch shoot a year's worth of content and then every month drip out to you one new student or alumni story along with a whole package of additional video content. So you'll get the full length story, which is usually two to three minutes. You'll get a 30 second and a 15 second cut down of that story to use in various shorter contexts. And then you'll get eight topical videos. And those, those topical videos are like, while we have this student sitting here on camera, let's ask them whatever we want. We'll work with your school to come up with a list of questions that, that touch on those things that you like to promote. So maybe it's scholarships or career development opportunities or on-campus housing or whatever it is. So that's the package of videos. You'll get that package every month, every single month. And not only can you take those polished videos that we deliver to you and crop them vertically and you know make great TikToks and Reels content, but you get to keep all the raw B-roll and interview footage that we shoot. Imagine the possibilities of 12 students or alumni following them around for half a day in classes, in labs, in whatever other visual contexts. And that's just an entire library of B-roll that you get to use forever and repurpose at no extra charge. It's all included in your subscription. So head over to unveiled.tv, that's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv and check out our work. You can find pricing information there as well. And if you'd like to chat further, you can book a call with me on the website there and I'd be happy to talk about how we might be able to support you and also answer any questions you may have. Uh, okay, back to the show. So let's recap. We've talked community building offline and online, creative content and mm -hmm. jumping on trends. The next one would be communication and trust from upper management. This one's huge. I'm super excited for you to talk about this because I think this is one that I think the majority of colleges probably struggle with on some level is mm -hmm. either they struggle to give up control and to trust their team or they're struggling to get that trust uh, depending on where they fall in that hierarchy. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I like honestly cannot do my job without like the trust of our chief marketing and communication off officer. So shout out to Kathleen Mabley because like from day one, like she trusted me and I'm so grateful for that because, you know, like you mentioned, John, like talking to other colleagues in this industry and higher ed, like that is a huge issue, like is gaining that trust to be able to run the social media accounts. Right. Yeah. And so like from day one, she handed me over the accounts, you know, let me like explore them, experiment, you know, build our audience, make mistakes, you know, you know, grow. And, you know, and now we have a very dynamic community because of that. And, and I think it's so important for not even your direct supervisor, but like college leadership to, really understand the value of social media and and also to recognize that and to to trust the social media managers to do their jobs right and and i've been so very lucky that we've yeah i mean we are at ecology communication so obviously mm -hmm. our our deans you know they value social media and so so that's been like you know it's really great for me to like have their trust to mm -hmm 
to be able to like, you know, be creative. Because sometimes when you're handcuffed, you know, some of that creativity is harder, you know, to, to get out. Right. And, or you may not have, you know, you're, you, you have to go through so many rounds of approvals that by the time your social media copy, it's completely different than like, yeah, originally, you know, or even yeah. like as far as like jumping on trends, like by the time something is approved, you know, that trend has already long gone. Yeah. Yes. Gone, right. The chain of approvals yeah, so, is just the killer of creativity. <laughs> yes, it really is. <laughs> so, so I've just been lucky. Like, and for me, like, you know, what I do is like, I'll meet with Kathleen and, you know, with our dean to find out what their goals are, you know, at the college level and how can I be strategic with our social media to meet those goals and, and really building like the Moody brand, you know, using it to attract like prospective students, you know, faculty and staff. And, and I just think, you know, just using it as a tool to like tell great stories and to cultivate that community. Yeah, That's I think. Great. And also, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to, I was just going to piggyback off that. Just like the, the idea of like, you can squash your creative team's creativity very quickly and very easily by telling them what to do and making them go through a bunch of approvals and just, just, you can extinguish that flame really quickly to their, to where then they don't want to even try, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if it's yes. too, if it's too boxed in, exactly. they're like, why bother? We're just, I'm yeah, just creating. Why, why even try? <laughs> yeah, they'll just end up, you know, creating like a whole bunch of like graphics with lots of text and no one's going to look at it on social media. Yeah, there's nothing worse than creating something that you know no one's going to care about. It's just like sucks yes. the life out of you. And I think that like there's, I had a, a guest on here that talked about, you know, creating content that, that should, you know, your content should make some people rub them in the wrong way or or it doesn't have i I don't agree with like the Mm -hmm. people that say like if your content doesn't piss somebody off you're doing it wrong i don't think you should necessarily have have to ride that line i I don't think we should be so inflammatory or whatever but uh but i do think that like the the downfall of the approvals and things like that is that we water a piece of content down to be so appeasable to everybody that it's it it appeals to nobody and it's just lifeless and so i think it is important you know for leadership i say this as a as a creator that you know has worked under leadership before but to define like the define the the guardrails you know of like the values Mm -hmm. and stuff and and really just let people play in that uh you know let your team play within those within those guardrails and just kind of on a macro level make making sure that the team is staying on track oh yes i and and that's something that's so great about or like our dean and kathleen is you know like at the very beginning you know they you know you know we came up with like uh like you know guidelines you know for social media and like you know and and just making sure we're on brand and so it's uh, yeah i think when that happens, like your creative juices like flow more and you're not, you're able to like, you know, take those ideas and like trends and like really like maximize that out. Um, and also like, you know, when I mentioned like communication is also important, like um, like open communication, transparency. I think like sometimes in the world of communication, you know, we're not the best at like communicating to each other. Um, but mm-hmm. like, 
at, you know, Moody, like, um, that's, you know, something that like Kathleen and I have with each other is like trust and like open communication. So like, even when like a campaign is not working, I'm able to take like those metrics or hard numbers to her and, and show her like, you know, is this worth our like budget and time and efforts? And we'll either like rethink that or, you know, think of a new strategy or either kill the the project, right? Yeah. And so that's why transparency and, and trust ha- have been so appreciated on my end because it really makes like the job of a social media manager much easier, you know? Yeah. When you don't really feel like you own the thing that you're leading, then it's it's demotivating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I found you yes. to come on this podcast because of Kathleen Mabley. Uh, she's uh, CMO, right? At, at Moody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, College. Yes. She posted right. something, some glowing LinkedIn posts and tagged you. And I looked and I'm like, Oh, this Lizzie looks really interesting. We'd love to have her on the show. And it was just like, she had just this glowing trust and, and, and appreciation for you. And even when I, okay. I've spoken to her on the phone, she just speaks her praises so highly. And I just imagine working for someone like that is just such a breath of fresh air. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it really is a breath of fresh air. And I like, don't take any of it for granted. And so, yeah, cool. Okay. So we talked about uh, communication and trust from upper management and tell me now about collaboration. That's the fourth C in our sequence here yes (laughs) i like to sequence yeah (laughs) but yeah so like for me like yeah collaboration is so important like on so many different levels like i mean first of all i have to give so many credit for like other people for our great social media like to former interns you know current interns our social media coordinator even our graphic design who'll help with like graphics but mainly our students like we can't do our jobs without our students and and for and really like we're i'm just using social media as a vehicle for our students to tell their own stories to really help amplify their voices or our faculty's research or maybe like a an alumni small business and so for me it's you know collaborating and getting students involved oftentimes like I'll allow the students to, you know, create their own content, which actually saves me a lot of time as, you know, creating less content with limited resources. For example, like during the pandemic, I invited students to write handwritten notes about graduating during a pandemic, right? And our community loved those notes so much, like especially in this like digital age um, and time that we live in, we spend so much time online. And that evolved to be this annual kind of like rite of passage at Moody College. So like every year now we invite graduates to reflect on their time at Moody through a, a handwritten note. So we'll, you know, share their photo and also their handwritten note. And, you know, because we're the College of Communication, you know, a lot of our graduates say, get really into these notes. Like, you know, we get so many requests every year that we can't feature everyone, unfortunately. And, but, you know, some of our, a lot of our graduates will be really creative. They'll like water paints or they'll do calligraphy. Um, They'll even use like their art directing skills that they learned at Moody to, you know, create a beautiful photograph or set up their, their letter in this like beautiful frame. So that's one thing like, you know, 
one example of how we do collaboration at Moody College, or even like when we, we used to do a lot more takeovers, but now we just have students create like a day in life reel and letting them have control of their own story. And, ha- you know, again, like half of our content strategy is driven by like content that will help meet the goals of the college, but also the other half is really driven by students and just giving them a chance to participate in law of our reels or features and and just having letting them like tell their stories themselves is part one thing i love about collaborating yeah and and speaking of you know the the angle of limited resources how do you you know i feel like user getting students to collaborate uh with the marketing team is like the holy grail of uh social media situations because the user generated content is it performs super well especially if you can get that student to post it on their platform to their audience but like tell me tell me some ways in which you invite students into the content creation process that kind of saves you guys time and and budget and stuff like that yeah so yeah several ways but one one main thing is like for example we have a series called life after moody where we feature recent graduates of moody college within the last five years because we heard from students that they want to see you know it's great to see like you know like graduates who are successful but you know it's always like you know, they're like CEO or they're a famous actor, but like they want to see where they can be in the next five years. You know, in the end, like they always want jobs, right? And so that's why we started featuring younger alumni. And and part of that is, you know, um, like all of the photos, like I used to go out and take off those photos myself. Like I'll be like, hey, can I stop by your work? Can I, you know, Mm -hmm. take all these, you know, take your portrait. But now I just have them send in all those photos themselves, you know, like, you know, I think having like user generated content is so much more like authentic and appealing to our audiences than like me going out and taking those photos. For sure. And they perform better. And, and also when they're sharing it to their stories, like that's how we get a lot more reach and engagement. And for example, another example is like a date on life reel. Like I used to be the one who will like go out and like film all of that content and like edit that together. But now I'm like, I'll just let the student like create their own reel themselves. And that saves me a lot of time. And they're able to like, tell their own story in their own way and also use their, their own you know creativity and so that's another another way that i save time with like creating content yeah that's great and and uh, you mentioned pictures and i think that that's not to be like understated like it's it's much easier to get pictures from people uh than to get to the, teach them how to create the right kind of <laughs> right kind of video that you want but like pictures perform very well like we talk a lot we talk a lot about video on this podcast but i'm actually a big fan of still images because honestly some of that some of my best performing stuff like on linkedin is just behind the scenes pictures on a shoot just like nothing oh, yes. nothing yeah. special but and- just like yeah, go ahead. And I totally agree. Yeah, because like, you know, like, you know, everyone they're talking about like reels and TikToks, like and how they perform so well. And we do have like some, some of our reels, they do perform well. But in the end, it's always like a carousel of like 
iPhone pics that performed the best, you know, yeah. and, you know, the still images, like people, they want to scroll, they still will scroll through and, and look at fo- photos. And, and I'm always like thinking about algorithm, like I'm strategic and like how I post these photos and in the order we post them. Like, for example, on Instagram, like how the algorithm is like, it's the second photo that will show up in your feed. So not the first one. Oh, interesting. So I always make sure. Yeah. So, so that's something a lot of people don't know, but it's I didn't know the second that. photo that will show up. Yeah. So I'm always thinking like, okay, the first one, the first photo in my carousel can be great, but I want my second photo to be amazing. Uh, yeah. That's going to be the one that will like show up in people's feed. And so, so just like thinking strategically and also like in a carousel, like, Okay, like kind of telling a story and like those 10 photos that they send us. But again, like it's, you know, yeah, still images, they, they still perform well. I know people love videos, but some of our top posts are always like, you know, a, a, a spotlight on either an alum or students. Yeah. Featuring still images. That's awesome. Yeah, the carousels, carousels are very, are very powerful. And then, yeah, it's much easier to get a student to like take, to just take some selfies of themselves throughout the day, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, then video can be difficult. Now you got to get into editing the video, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's like Which a whole nother, a lot of time. yeah, that's, that's a whole nother ball game, but, but yeah. So, okay. Collaboration. And then, but I want to back up a little bit. Um, uh, and I should probably ask you this at the beginning of the episode, but can you tell me about the layout of your team? Um, and I know you mentioned like, you always wish you could have like 10 more people. Um, but I'm curious to know, like how many hands on deck do you have working on this stuff? And then how can we apply that to, uh, these things that we're talking about to uh, a team that maybe is a team of one, you know, that's like (laughs) the social media manager and the content creator or something like that. Yeah. So for the longest time for, for about like four years, um, it was just a team of one. So it was just me, a, a social media manager, creating everything. And sometimes I'll have like an intern or two to help. But just recently, uh, I was able to hire on another full-time staff on the social team. So now I've got Leticia, who will also help me with a lot of the like, content creation, photography, illustrations. But yeah, before before having her and even before having interns, like, you know, was just me by myself, you know, you kind of have to be like a, you know, track of all trades, like, you know, yeah. no videography, photography, graphic design, you know, copy, you know, strategy. And so really my, my secret to like running a successful like social media account is like just staying extremely organized and, and planning in advance. But do you want to know more about like the Moody Marcom team at Moody College? So like we've got Kathleen Mabley, who's our chief marketing officer. And then we also have a content coordinator, a graphic designer, a marketing manager and marketing coordinator and a web developer. And there's okay. me and also our social media digital content coordinator. And then the platforms that you guys are active on, like where do you prioritize? Oh, so for social media, we definitely prioritize Instagram because that's that's where most of our audience and and Instagram and LinkedIn are our two fastest growing platforms. You know, Twitter X, you know, has been you know, kind of murky lately. I've never um, had anyone on the show that had anything good to say about yeah, X. And, and, um, and, and, you know, Facebook is kind of like, I tell people like, oh, my, my stepkids or something. Cause it's, you know, it's one of those um, platforms where 
we still post there often, but it's not growing like like yeah. we are on LinkedIn or Instagram. But we definitely do prioritize like Instagram and and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn for for undergrads, or is that for adult like adult? So learners? surprisingly, like a lot of our students are on LinkedIn because wow. like students they love to go on LinkedIn to to you know announce their new internship or announce like hey i just got this fellowship or this scholarship and so that's really a great way uh so like yeah like linkedin is one of our fastest growing platforms because of our current students but also because of like once our students graduate you know these young alumni they they use it often you know so so yeah we we do prioritize you know like community building on these two platforms. Interesting. Okay, good to know. All right, and you mentioned organization, which is the last C here, consistency and staying organized. So I, as a content creator myself, uh, consistency is a huge, in the past, been a big stressor for me. Uh, and I know it's a stressor for most marketers that I talk to, but then also just like, like I've found getting organized to be one of the biggest alleviators of of that stress and then just pl- taking time to batch content you might have yes. completely different i'm just i'm oh, just yeah. spitballing like what no, comes i totally you know. agree with you like <laughs> i do a lot of batching co- content so like yeah like i always tell people like my secret is like just staying organized and planning well in advance like i think i'm one of those like rare like content creators who also happen to be like type a personality like i'm very like like detail oriented yeah like oh man that's a yeah that's a powerhouse right there yeah the detailed creative um, (laughs) yeah and so really like without a content calendar like i do a lot of training at moody college like other social media managers and so like i always tell them like the content calendar is almost like my bible because like you know without your content calendar you'll be left like scrambling every day coming trying to come up with content or even worse like you want to have content right and you're just like a ghost account on social media and right and that's what you don't want to be and so at moody i like try and train and offer guidance for some of our social media managers who who have very limited resources i mean social media is like a small tiny part of their jobs um right and so um and they don't have bandwidth or resources so i always tell them like if you have that content calendar and if you spend just a few hours like a day like you know batching some of that content creating a lot of that content for at least like two weeks you know it'll make your life so much easier so for example at the moody college level like you know one of my tricks is i'll spend uh, a week or two before the semester starts and I'm already like planning and already gathering all of that content for the entire semester for our mm-hmm. plan series. So like, you know, we have, I think, why after Moody, why Moody, life after Moody, Moody spotlights and inside a room, like that's, you know, for like consistent plan series that we have. And that's already all planned through December. So when you already have planned content, you're able to kind of take those like, fires that that come at you or requests yes. that that comes at you and, and and work through those without like being stressed or without worrying okay do we have other content and so so yeah that's you know one of my tricks is to just stay very organized and like use your content calendar like you know a lot of people don't start a content calendar but then they'll like quickly fall off it um yes but just, you know <laughs> 
try and like stay um, to, to, to use that content calendar and like stick to it. Yes. That's a hard discipline. I mean, I, I got, I'm more organized these days. Um, but I also, it's, I always laugh every time I go into my Google drive. Cause it's like content ideas underscore one. And then it's got like a, a dump of ideas on it. And then I've uh-huh. got like content ideas, 2021 or something like that. Yeah. It's like, I have like these, these like say the same document that I've tried to implement like <laughs> multiple times. And I start from scratch every time, but yeah, just defining what your rhythm is going to be is I think is so important. And two, like one tip that I will share for people that aren't real uh, calendar focused or don't mm-hmm. want to think too far ahead. As what I do with this podcast is use like, this is my main content engine. So I'll clip up episode, uh, snippets from this episode. I just load them into social pilot and I have, you know, they're, they're all vertical so that they just kind of fit mm-hmm. in all the, all the platforms. And I just have to click, like send this to TikTok, shorts, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. And then I have just a template pretty much for like, each post from that episode. So I'll, I'll mm-hmm. create the new template. That's like, check out, you know, my episode with Lizzie Chen, where we talk about this and here's some key points. And then the only thing I'm changing uh, with that is the hook. Mm-hmm. So it might just be like, you know, it might, the hook might just be like, in order to be successful with social media, you have to be consistent uh, and, and boom. And then, and then send that to six different platforms and just let it, like, you just fill the queue and it just on social pilot, it'll just, AI will just kind of like drip stuff out, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. which is nice. Cause like, so I yeah, don't, awesome. I personally don't manage any sort of calendar. It's just kind uh-huh. of like, it's just kind of like I, my, my podcast content is kind of on autopilot yeah, and then well. anything else I want to jump in there and post on LinkedIn or wherever else is icing on the cake. But that's, that's one way just to like, if you batch content and just mm-hmm. queue it, queue it all up, just let, let a program drip, you know, drip it out. If that's the yeah. simplest way to do it. And the other thing, the other time-saving thing, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, social media managers or of, of uh, one or with little help, AI has been huge for me to where I can take a podcast episode. Like yesterday, uh, I recorded uh, the episode that will have come out already with, with uh, Shane Baglini and, I took the transcript from that episode, ran it through Claude. That's Claude.ai. Mm-hmm. And I told it, write me the show notes, include like relevant links, and then give me five LinkedIn posts with time codes. So my editor can just go right to those spots. And then also write me hooks to go with each That's of these, okay. each of these time codes. And it's like, and I swear I got hours of work done in 10 minutes. Wow. Okay. So I have to admit like, <laughs> AI kind of scares me. So I have not touched AI. And, and also like, <laughs> especially as like a creative, like, you know, like w- with like how they're like manipulating like people's photos and like videos mm-hmm. like that. Like for me, it's more of like an ethical like reason to why I'm not using AI. But I agree. I, I, I might use it in the future. I was driving my kids to school uh, today and uh there was an uh, on some radio program they played a song that was an AI version of it had they took Drake's voice and someone else's voice mm-hmm. I don't know uh, and they made like this whole hip hop song and it's like in the running for a Grammy and so it's like oh, this yeah. uh-huh. this thing where it's like where where are we drawing the line so I'm yeah, totally like, where are we drawing yeah especially for creatives like you know as yeah. artists you know like 
ethically like how you know you know are we giving credit to people are we like paying them yeah so that's one thing that scares me about i definitely think there's a there's a lot to be like concerned about with with ai and for me like where i get the most use out of it is just in like administrative assistance Mm -hmm. with it's like this is stuff that i would do myself anyways I, like I would go through and I would find the individual time codes and I would, you know, tell my editor what to pull out. And then I would write the social media posts and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, it's almost just like hiring an intern to do those things. To do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you mentioned earlier, like writing like specific hook for every platform that brought up like another point I try and tell people is like, I think a lot of social media managers, they make the mistake of like treating all platforms as if they're the same, like, don't, you know, upload all their copy to Hootsuite and like, oh, I'll publish like it's the same copy for yeah. everything. And and even like a lot of people like, so I try and like have different copy for everything. And even like Instagram, like, you know, we've got stories and, you know, reels and now threads and in feed content. Like I treat all four of that like as yeah. if there were four different platforms, even though it's all Instagram, but cause you know, it's, it's different ways of how people consume content. And so like, for sure, you know, having a strategy for each of that uh, is so important to me. Yeah. You, you're definitely gonna like, the thing I like about social pilot is you you tell it what platforms you're going to post to, but then you still have to manually go through and go, okay, for LinkedIn, here's, here's what I want my post to be. Here's my hashtags. I'm going to tag this person. Uh, but Facebook, okay, tags work differently on Facebook. So here's how we're going to do this mm-hmm. and uh, blah, blah, blah. So you still have to tell it like each each thing to do. But like, you know, for instance, like you can't be like, like on LinkedIn, I can be like uh, link below or like, or link in the comments or something like that. But TikTok, okay. if I just let it send that to TikTok, there's no link in the comments. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you do have to pay attention. <laughs> but I agree with you. Like, yeah, uh, optimizing for each for each uh, social platform. It's really important because p- the way that people interact on on LinkedIn and the things that they kind of s- that stop the scroll for them is different than than say Instagram or, mm-hmm. or or you know TikTok or whatever. I'll have you check out Social Pilot. Do Do you think it's better than Hootsuite? Hootsuite is uh, I've never used it only because it's so gosh darn expensive uh, okay. for you know, someone of, of my business, uh, uh, cash flow. (laughs) So, uh, so social pilot, I think is like 30 bucks, but Hootsuite, I know it does a, does a bunch of stuff, uh, just, Mm -hmm. but social pilot is just, I've, I've used over the last year, several, uh, like buffer I've used, uh, Canva even has their own scheduling Mm -hmm. feature. Now I've used several others and I've just landed on social pilot because it's, it's just been what's fit into my groove the best. Okay, cool. Well, those folks are the five C's of uh, running social media with limited resources. Um, And I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Lizzie, it was super great to have you. Tell people where um, they can find you at. Oh, so for, yeah, follow us at Texas Moody on Instagram or you Texas Moody at Twitter. Uh, And and for me, I'm Lizzie Chen on, on Instagram. Okay, we'll put that stuff in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Lizzie. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. It was nice chatting with you. Yep, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever. My email is john at unveiled.tv. John is spelled J-O-H-N. Or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today. And I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast. Thanks. Thanks.